Hey friends, you're listening to OKY. I'm your host, Michael Grove. Here we are on November the 17th, and we are reading through the Bible in a year. Almost there, my friends. In fact, today we are going to start another book of the Bible, and we are reading the book of Hebrews. Just a few more books, and then we are done. So here we go today, starting in Hebrews chapter 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So, he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. For to which of the angels did God ever say, You are my son, today I have become your father. Or again, I will be his father and he will be my son. And again, When God brings his firstborn into the world, he says, Let all God's angels worship him. And speaking of the angels, he says, He makes his angels spirits, and his servants flames of fire. But about the Son, he says, Your throne, O God, will last forever and ever. A scepter of justice will be the scepter of your kingdom. You have loved righteousness and hated wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has set you above your companions by anointing you with the oil of joy. He also says, In the beginning, Lord, you laid the foundations of the earth, and the heavens are the work of your hands. They will perish, but you remain. They will all wear out like a garment. You will roll them up like a robe, like a garment they will be changed. But you remain the same and your years will never end. To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet? Are not all angels ministering spirits sent to serve those who will inherit salvation? Hebrews chapter 2 We must pay the most careful attention, therefore, to what we have heard, so that we do not drift away. For since the message spoken through angels was binding, and every violation and disobedience received its just punishment, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? This salvation, which was first announced by the Lord, was confirmed to us by those who heard him. God also testified to it by signs, wonders, and various miracles, and by gifts of the Holy Spirit, distributed according to his will. It is not to angels that he has subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified, What is mankind that you are mindful of them, a son of man that you care for him? You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made lower than the angels for a little while, 
now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death, so that by the grace of God he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered, both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says, I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters. In the assembly, I will sing your praises. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, he says, Here am I and the children God has given me. Since the children have flesh and blood, he too shared in their humanity so that by his death he might break the power of him who holds the power of death, that is, the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. For surely it is not angels he helps, but Abraham's descendants. For this reason, he had to be made like them, fully human in every way, in order that he might become a merciful and faithful high priest in service to God, and that he might make atonement for the sins of the people. Because he himself suffered when he was tempted, he is able to help those who are being tempted. This concludes the reading for today. Let me give you a quick thought before we end our time together. So let me start by just talking about Hebrews for just a second, because this is another great theological book. Some think that maybe Paul wrote it, but they're not sure. And others think that maybe Paul wrote part of it, and then somebody else wrote the other half. I kind of agree with that statement, because some of the way the first few chapters are written are very Pauline in how they are structured. And then suddenly, about chapter 4, 5, somewhere in there, it changes the cadence and the rhythm in a weird way. But don't worry, none of that matters. Because what we really know is that this is a deep, deep book. Let's just look at the first part for just a moment. Verse 1. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. Those two sentences right there are so full of a whole lot of theology. Take the first part. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors through the prophets. So he is admitting, first of all, that the prophets were speaking for God, and their ancestors heard from God through the prophets. Not only that, It happened at many times and in various ways. So the person writing this understands that there were many times that God used unconventional ways and unconventional times to speak to the people, and he spoke to them through the prophets. Then the writer changes pace, says, But in these last days he has spoken to us by his Son. So there is the affirmation that God's most profound statement happened through Jesus. I think we often forget that, that Jesus is a statement by God. In fact, think about John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. That was a statement. It was what God was saying about us. He loved us so much 
that he was willing to do this. I mean, also think about the fact that John tells us that the Word became flesh. Now, we know that out of the overflow of our hearts, the mouth speaks over. And so Jesus is the overflow of God's heart. And on top of that, he is the Word become flesh. All the words of old that the prophets would have spoken became flesh in Jesus. And the writer of Hebrews is now confirming these things, that all the things of the past that the prophets had spoken and all the ways that God did it, many times and in various ways. Now, God has put that into one person, his son, whom, by the way, he appointed heir of all things and through whom he also made the universe. Two more profound statements. Not only is he the heir of all things, in other words, all things belong to him by right, but also everything is held together by him. Again, this reminds me of the words of John as well, that through him all things were made, without him nothing that is made was made. So in just these two sentences, we have profound statements of who Jesus is. And then listen to sentence number three. Not only is he the heir of all things, not only did all things get made through him, and not only is he the manifestation of God's voice that used to be through the prophets, but now is all through Jesus. On top of that, verse 3 tells us, The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being. So Jesus perfectly represents who God is. And not only that, he is the radiance of God's glory. And what is it that he does with all of that glory? Well, he sustains all things by his powerful word. And what is the most important thing that he sustains? Well, after he provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. So he profoundly made a way for us to be able to be purified for our sins. And then he sat back into his majesty as being heir to all things. That, my friend, is just the first three sentences of this book. I wish we had more time to go into all of what's in this, but we don't. So hang with me over the next couple days as we read the book of Hebrews together. But I want you to know... The beauty of what Hebrews tells us is that there is an awesome God who loves us so much that he created a way for us to be with him. That's all the time we have for today. I love you and God bless.